Hey, this is Kevin Weatherby at Save the Cowboy. I want you to tow that stirrup, throw a leg over the candle, take a deep seat, and pull your hat down tight. I ain't gonna tolerate no whining or griping, so let's all strike a long trot down that narrow trail and learn how to ride with God. Come on! What you waiting on? Let's go. Whenever I worked on the Rocker Bee Ranch, we had this pasture called Head of the River. And Head of the River had a mountain and a brush. It was like one solid just, I mean, it was just solid brush. It was one of the roughest pastures that we had. And it was kind of, it was kind of crescent shaped the way you had to gather it because, I mean, it had just a sheer cliff and it was a big old mesa on one side. And I mean, it just come down like that. So the, uh, the wagon boss would always put somebody up on top because he could see, I mean, the brush would be, you know, as high as this door. I mean, just solid brush, but he could see everybody, the guy up on the hill. And so if he stopped, you stopped because he was watching that outside guy way, way out there. And if he, you, you just kind of looked up there and watched him. And as long as he was moving, you were moving. And so that morning we're sitting there and I mean, the, the sun is just coming up. Cowboys, you know what I mean. It's just one of those days the sun starts coming up and you're unloading your horses out of the trailer and everybody's tightening up and everything like that. And all of a sudden here comes another pickup and trailer. And we're like, everybody was there. And here comes the ranch manager. Now I had honestly, I had never gathered with the ranch manager. He was an older fella, kind of like Ty was talking about. He was close to Ty's age. And um, yeah, I, just, I never gathered with him. And so he comes riding up and the wagon boss and the cattle foreman went, oh no. He opens up that gooseneck trailer and out backs this three-year-old colt. Now this guy is a big fella and he's like 80 years old, and he's going to be riding a three-year-old colt. And everybody's like, everybody's like whispering, get on in case something happens, get on. So we're all scrambling to get on and everything, and he gets over there, and he's dipping that horse ass. Good morning, ain't it, boys? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. It's a great day and everything like that. And what I didn't know is that you didn't want to be flanking the ranch manager. Now, whenever you gather a pasture, the wagon boss will usually drop a guy off, and then he'll drop another guy off, and then he'll drop another guy off, and you just kind of stay in that pattern all the way through. And so, anyway, we get on and everything, and everything seems to be going good, and wagon boss tells him, he's like, he's like, well, he, said, he tells the ranch manager, since you're on that colt today and everything, we'll... Uh, we'll take care of you, and if you'll just go ahead and drop off first, kind of hug that canyon, we think that's where most of the cattle will be. That was not where most of the cattle will be. You just have to say stuff like that. Yeah, that's where most of the cattle will be, so if you'll just kind of hug this, this cliff, right, I said canyon, this cliff right here, and get going, and then uh, we'll kind of spread out and go through that brush. And he's like, that's good, that's good. So he kind of... Uh, trots off and everything like that and we all kind of start following the wagon boss and anyway we're going along and all of a sudden we're not like 40 yards away and the wagon boss says Kevin why don't you go ahead and flank him and seven other cowboys turn around and grin at me <laughs> like golly what you know what's going on so anyway I drop off and you know everybody's lining up and then you'll hear him woo woo the law so that's your cue to start going through the brush well about halfway through this man i hadn't come across a cow one of course if it was any further than me to the front row i wasn't going to see them anyway because that's how brushy it was but there was a pipeline right away cut right through the middle of this pasture and we knew to all stop right there at that pipeline right away and you can kind of get lined back up in case somebody's too far ahead or too far behind well, I walk out onto this pipeline right away and I pull a streak up like this and Billy was the next one down and I mean, we walked out nearly seconds apart. 
kind of waved at each other and we were waiting. I look over there, no ranch manager. So we're sitting there. I can see some other cowboys starting to appear. No ranch manager. And all of a sudden I hear brushes. It's just crashing and everything. And of course, my horse is like, chupacabra's coming. <laughs> or maybe a chupavaca. Chupavaca's coming. And you know, when they don't know what something is, I mean, his ears went up. I kind of puckered like, what's going to happen? Because I didn't know what was coming either. And all of a sudden, between me and Billy come three big old tiger-striped mamas with big old babies heading the wrong direction. We pulled a 180. I pulled a fast and a furious in the saddle, and we took off. And we got the, me and Billy got those cattle turned, and they kind of kind of went his direction, which I was glad. So I said, well, Billy, you take them, buddy. And they went on and everything. And as I was turning back around, I start trotting back to where I know need to be because they, they saw, them other fellas saw what happened, so they're going to be waiting on us. And I heard, just all this cussing. But it wasn't like yelling. It was kind of under the breath. And, of course, my horse is like, there's another chupacabra. I'm like, ah, it's got to be that manager. So I pull up, and I go over there, and that's called, the pasture's called head of the river for a reason. It was ahead of the Concho River. Or the tail of it, I don't know. There was like some little spring, and most of the time it was just dry, but it was real brushy and real green in there because the water was just right underneath the ground, one of the only places on the ranch like that. And so I start trotting over there, and I come up to the ranch manager, and he is on that colt, and there is literally about two feet stream of water about this deep, and he cannot get that colt to cross. He's a spurring, and you know how they'll hunch up like that, and that horse is, and then he goes this way, and then he goes this way, and then he goes this way, and everything, and Rusty's a whooping in this horse, and get off, you son of a gun, and if you've ever been on a horseback, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So I'm like, should I hide like Pocahontas in here and just watch this wreck happen? No, I'm supposed to be flanking him, so I ride over there. It, you, know, you really don't know what to say. Because, I mean, this fella's an older, good cowboy and everything. Well, you know, you start going through, well, should I? You need some help? Because yeah, that's not probably the best thing to say. So anyway, I rode up there, and I was like, hey, what's going on? I can't get this. You know, all these beep, 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 beep. And so anyway, I rode over there, and I kind of, got on one side and he's like whoop this son of a guy i was like no nah, i'm not gonna whip his horse that's gonna get him bucked off his hip broke and so i was like oh come on you can do it so i walked my horse across horse is still just like oh 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 he thought there was like a serpent in there or something like that river monster and so anyway i walked three or four times across that ain't doing it he's like get over here and whoop him spank his i was like Argh. so i was like well I got off my horse, I walked into the water, grabbed the reins, and led him across. And he walked right through it. He just needed somebody to show him that it was okay. And so anyway, he was like, well, finally, rah, 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 you get back over there where you belong. Yes, sir, yes, sir. You know, and so I got back on my horse, and I went along, and really there wasn't a, much else that happened that day. But you know what? A lot of you may feel stuck. And if you don't, you're probably not paying attention very closely. Do you feel like that sometimes? You just feel like you, you know where you need to go, but you just can't get there, and something's holding you back, and you just jee back and forth? You might, I mean, 
You might even feel hobbled. You know, I mean, just it just feels like you're not, you can't get on track. You're doing what you think you should be doing and stuff like that, but you just can't get any further. You stalled out and you're in neutral. You feel like you're getting left behind in your faith? Do you, you know, when Jesus starts talking to us, and today I want you to understand something, I'm gonna give you three things that's gonna get you on track. God's gonna reach down there and he's gonna take the hobbles off of you. He's not gonna get behind you and start whooping you. Jesus is gonna reach in, he's gonna grab you by the reins, and he's gonna say, come on. And he's gonna lead you across that scary part that every single one of us have been dealing with. The first thing that we're gonna talk about, and if you wanna turn in your Bibles to John chapter 14, John chapter 14. Listen to this statement. You will never grow in faith. You will never get across that scary piece of water. You will never grow in faith until you do what the Holy Spirit has already told you to do. You will never go or grow any further until you do what God has already told you to do. Many people are stuck in neutral because they've been trucking right along. Man, I like this Christianity deal. This is pretty cool. And then God says, well, I need you to go across that water. No, I ain't going. No, that's a little much. You know, that's for them hardcore Christians. And, you know, I... You know, I know that's where I need to go, but I'm a little bit scared to do it. You will never, you may go sideways, and more than likely you'll end up going backwards, but you will never get any further until you obey what God has already told you to do. It's not something new that he's going to pull out of the hat. He's probably, you already know what he's been telling you to do. And in John 14, verse 15, Jesus says this, If you love me, you will obey my commands. You're not going to get to heaven unless you love Jesus. I mean, think about it. You know, the Bible says, whoever believes in me, well, if you don't love him, there is no believing. I mean, we all believe that, um, you know, if I kick this music stand, it's going to hit the floor. Is it going to change our lives? No. This belief that Jesus is talking about is one that changes your life, and you have to obey him. And I promise you, man, that water isn't this wide. I mean, think about Peter, that water he had to cross to get to Jesus. I mean, it was deep. He walked on water for a little while till he started getting weirded out about it. You can't, you're not going to grow or go any further until you do what God's already told you to do. You listen to the Holy Spirit. There is not another way around. You can do it his way, or you can do it the wrong way. Your choice. You have free will. You don't have to do it. And Jesus isn't going to get behind you and whoop you to make you do it. Now, the problem is, is that his way is the right way, and his way is the best way. And when we go to doing things the way we want it done, then we start getting off into the, into the, into the wire, into the prickly pear, into the brush, everything like that. He says, narrow is the trail that leads to where I want you to go. But too often we get off that and we start making excuses and we go left and right and we go backwards. You will never grow or go where you need to go until you, already, until you obey what God's already told you to do. It ain't gonna be something new. What has he asked you to do? Think about that. Maybe some of you, I mean, I, I see you, you. You're flipping through the index cards going, well, where do I start? Maybe you need to forgive somebody. Shoot, maybe you need to own up to something and ask forgiveness for yourself. Maybe you need to stand up for what's right. Maybe you need to stick up for God or stick up for yourself or, or whatever the case may be. Maybe you need to give up on that thing that's been holding you back. 
You know that thing that's been whispering in your ear? Hey, man, you don't need to be doing that no more, and you know it. That's bad for you. It ain't doing, I ain't trying to keep you from having fun. I'm trying to keep you alive. Because remember, God didn't come to make bad men good. He came to make dead men alive. Maybe God's talking to you about praying more, having an active prayer life. And I'm not talking about just, you know, the formal prayer where you take your hat off, just being in a constant state of prayer and thankfulness. Maybe God's talking to you about reading your Bible more often. A lot of people say, well, I ain't never heard God speak to me. Well, that's because you ain't never opened up your Bible. It's a letter to you. That entire book is a letter written just to you. Open it up. Maybe God's talking to you about being the church instead of attending church. Now, what do I mean by that? My job as pastor is the edification of the saints. That's what the Bible says. In other words, I train ministers. Every single one of you that say that you believe and love Jesus Christ as a minister of God. Now, let me ask you a simple question. What does a minister of God do? Jesus said, go out there and tell people the good news. That's your job, not my job. Now, I'm not excluded from that job, but most people think, oh, that's a pastor's job to spread the word. No, I teach y'all how to spread the word. You want to start being the church instead of just going to church? Tell your friends about it. Think about this. Look at how full we are right now in y'all line camps. Look around at how many people are there. What if everybody brought one person? We would have a record-setting crowd right now. Every single one of you has a lost neighbor, a lost friend, or a lost coworker that needs you. God has put you in their lives for a reason. Think about that. Maybe God's telling you to quit leaning against the gatepost and come on in. Because you know what? Jesus said, narrow is the gate that leads to where he's going. And I, unfortunately, I see a lot of people every day, if this was the gate, they're leaned against it. They're not going to go inside it. They just want to get real close, and they're hoping that that's good enough. It ain't. Those are the people that Jesus said, many will say to me, Lord, Lord, didn't we do this, and didn't we do that, and didn't we do this, and didn't we do that? And he'll say, get away from me, for I knew you not. If you want to know him, you've got to go in that gate. You will never grow in faith until you do what the Holy Spirit has already told you to do. What have we been talking about? Obedience. If you love me, you will obey what I've commanded. Now turn over to 1 Timothy chapter 6. 1 Timothy chapter 6. Think about this statement right here. God will only give more to those that think he is enough. Let me say that one more time. God will only give more to those that think he is all they need. There's several passages in the Bible and there's even a parable that Jesus said, those who can be trusted with a little, more will be given unto them. In 1 Timothy 6, verse 6, the Bible says this, but godliness with contentment is great gain. But godliness with contentment is great gain. There's, what, what's he saying right there, man? God is all you need. Be godly and be content and more will be given unto you. But too many people come to God thinking that they're going to get a bigger house, a better car, and that all their problems are going to go away. Nowhere in there does it say that all your problems will go away. Jesus said, I'll take them for you, but you still got to ride your bronc. Think about that. To be godly, you must be obedient. You can't be godly without obeying what Jesus has already talked about, what he's already been telling you through his word, through that little whisper in your ear. Don't be doing that, do this, do that, whatever. And if you want to have more, you've got to be content with what you already have. Seriously, let me ask you a question. Are you absolutely content with what you have? If you are, get ready. Because God's going to ask you to do more stuff. I remember whenever I, man, before I came up here, I'll be honest with y'all, I did not want to come to Colorado. Why? I had a t- 
two great jobs from home, plus being a full-time pastor, lived on my own ranch, was raising my kids on my own ranch. I had, I was absolutely content. I had everything that I thought I wanted. And Jesus said, would you be willing to trade what you want for what I have in store for you? It's like, well, I thought this is what you had in store for me. He said, that's man stuff. You ready to truly follow me? No. I said that, no. I, I wanna stay right here. I don't wanna go anywhere. He said, well, you don't have to, but this is all you'll ever have. He's like, I've got a lot more in store for you if you wanna go. I was all right. So we left and we came here. And man, am I glad I did. Absolutely glad I did. Quit looking for thing, other things to make you happy. Things are never gonna make you happy. Now, you get that new vehicle or you get that new living quartered horse trailer, it's gonna be really, really awesome for a little while. And then you'll be paying on it for the next 59 months. I mean, things don't, add, go look and move one time and see how much crap that you have that you thought you needed at one time that you ain't took out in three and a half years. You don't, stuff is not gonna make you happy. Quit looking for happiness in stuff and start looking for happiness in God. God has placed you where you're at for a good reason. Be content and make the most of it. Think about where you're at right now. And I'm not talking about necessarily physically. I'm talking about where you're at in your life right now. If you believe that all, good, all things work together for the good for those that believe in Christ Jesus and you call yourself an authentic believer of Jesus Christ, you are where you are right now for a reason. Quit looking over the fence into the next pasture and start doing what God wants you to do right now. Be obedient to him. Be content with where you're at. Be content with it. First deal, if you want to get untracked in your faith, if you feel like you're in neutral, you feel like, you know, you first started coming to save the cowboy, man, you were excited, you were growing, things were making sense, and as you went along, it's just like, okay, I'm just going to stand here for a little while and get going again. Don't, I mean, Paul says that this is a race. Don't give up. You don't quit in the middle of the battle. You keep going. And if you want to get untracked, you got to be obedient. And you got to start learning to be content because, man, you're looking over that fence all the time at everything else. You're going to miss what God has for you right now. And he's only going to give more to those that think that he is enough. I don't care where I am as long as I have God. I've got everything I ever need. How do I know that? Because Jesus himself said, seek first the kingdom of God and everything else will be given unto you. Do you believe that? Then be obedient to it. The last thing that we're going to talk about is going to be found in Jeremiah chapter 17. That's in the Old Testament. Flip back, Jeremiah chapter 17. Okay, here we go, last one. There is, on my air compressor, there's two knobs. One knob is basically to open it up, and then there's a regulator. So like if I'm airing up the basketball, I may not want to have 150 pounds shooting into it when it only takes seven pounds, you blow the gun thing up. So you can notch it down, right? Down there around 10 pounds. That way you don't ever blow anything up. If you ever aired up a bicycle tube, when you're used to airing up trailer tires, that's what that thing's for. It's a regulator, okay? The regulator in your life is your dependence upon God. Wherever your regulator is sit, set, sit, set. That's what I said. Wherever your regulator is set, set, sat, wherever it's at, that's, that's the limit. You're, you're never going to go beyond that. And, and I'm not talking about salvation right now. I'm talking about, you know, man, if you depend on God for a little, 
you're only going to have a little bit of that promise that he gave to all of us. Now, you'll have the promise of eternal life, but you're going to wonder why all these other Christians are, are going and, and, and they're out and you're just standing there watching everybody else go on because you're not depending upon God. Jeremiah chapter 17, 5 through 9 says this, and this is one of the longer passages you'll ever hear me read. This is what the Lord says. Okay, now for those of you that say, I've never heard God speak to me, when the Bible says, this is what the Lord says. <laughs> if you understand what that means, raise your hand. No, not really, don't raise your hand. This is what the Lord says, it's what the Bible says. Cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans who rely on human strength and turn their hearts away from the Lord. They are like stunted shrubs in the desert with no hope for the future. They will live in the barren wilderness in an uninhabited, salty land. But blessed are those who trust in the Lord and have made, their, made the Lord their hope and confidence. They are like trees planted along a riverbank with roots that reach deep into the water. Such trees are not bothered by the heat or worried by long months of drought. Their leaves stay green and they never stop producing fruit. The human heart is the most deceitful of all things and desperately wicked. Who really knows just how bad it really is? Man, isn't that a powerful verse right there? Think about that. Listen to the words that describe those people who depend on human effort. And when, the Bible, when he says, cursed are those who put their trust in mere humans who rely on human strength, I'm talking about ourselves and others. Listen to the words that the Bible, that God himself uses for those that put their faith in themselves and their own works and other humans. Cursed, stunted, no hope, barren, uninhabited. Dad, gum, cursed, stunted, no hope, barren, uninhabited. Wow, those are some strong words that God himself uses for those people that put their faith and their trust in themselves, their own works, and other human beings. Listen to the words describing those who trust in the Lord and depend only on him. If this doesn't turn your regulator up, I do not know what will. Blessed, hope, confident, not bothered, not worried, and never stop producing. Man, see, God wants that for each and every one of you, but your dependence on him is turned way down. You're dependent on him for salvation, but you ain't dependent on him for anything else. It's time we turn that up. And how do we turn that up? By obeying what he said to do. Quit looking for ways around. Stop making excuses. If the Bible calls it a sin, stop doing it. If he's telling you to do something, start doing it. Whatever the case may be, obey him. Be content where you are. Quit looking at the grass on the other pasture all the time. God has provided everything you need right now. And the last thing, be dependent and trust only in God. Quit worrying about your jobs. Quit worrying about your mortgage payments. Start depending on God. Blessed, hopeful, confident, not bothered, not worried, and never stop producing good fruit. You feel like you've been going back and forth? Hadn't been able to cross that next spot? Been whipping and spurring and getting nowhere? Start off by being more obedient. Start off by being content. Seek first the kingdom of God and all else will be given unto you. But godliness and contentment is, means great gain. Be obedient, be content, 
and turn your regulator up to two million pounds of dependence upon God and God alone. Get unstuck. Take the hobbles off of your faith. Because if you've been listening, the Holy Spirit has walked up and he's grabbed your heart by the reins and he's going, you can do this. I'm gonna be right here with you. And you can do it. Let's go to God in prayer. God, I thank you so much for your message today. I know that I've learned a lot of it, a lot from it. And God, I know that you've been speaking to people t- today. And God, I just, I just pray that they've had the heart to listen, to, to just separate themselves from all that negative thinking and, and thinking that, that they're doing the right thing right now. God, you, you want them to come to you even closer. No matter how close we are, you want them to come closer because everything is available in you and with you because of you. God, give us the courage, give us the honesty the respect, the integrity, the strength, and the truth to be cowboys and ride for your brand, not leaning against the gatepost, but walking through it boldly and onto the purpose that you have set before us. And it's in your name that we pray. Amen. Listen up. This is Kevin Weatherby of Save the Cowboy. You want to hear the most exciting news since the invention of toilet paper? Save the Cowboy wants to start a church in your area. We have a new program called Save the Cowboy Line Camps, and if you've been wishing that there was a Save the Cowboy in your area, then God is probably laying it on your heart to help me start one. Just go to savethecowboy.com and you can email me for more information. Hey, do you have horses? If you do, then you need to call my friends Rod and Brenda Denning at Hitch and Post Hay. This is where I get all of my hay and Fiona loves it. Call them at 303-324-8217 and tell them that you heard about them from Save the Cowboy and they'll donate 5% of the sale to our mission to reach cowboys and cowgirls. Give Hitch and Post Hay a call for premium quality horse hay at 303-324-8217.